This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to a special edition. Hello, everyone. This is Craig Patterson. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Retail Insider, and uh, we're here today. We're going to talk to uh, Mark Ainley. He's the uh, expert in the flow of retail, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's going to be happening uh, in retail in 2020, as well as uh, why uh, physical retail in some cases could be very much well improved, uh, be it shopping centers, streets, or stores themselves. So uh, welcome, Mark Ainley. Thank you, Craig. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> so there's a study that International Council of Shopping Centers did. To, they call it the halo effect. And what they found is that if a retailer opened a physical store in a new market, say for or not, not new market, Ontario, in a market that they were not in before, um, they actually saw an increase in traffic to their website, as well as they, you know, hopefully saw some retail sales in that physical store as well. I assume that would be the case. Uh, what they were really showing is that there was a real harmony and that there was, you know, a symbiotic relationship with online and, and in-store retail. But the physical retail experience is still important. Um, let's quickly talk a little bit about our uh, trip to uh, Blur Street in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we when we when we walked down that street, one of the things that you were uh, you were highlighting in our conversation, Craig, was that you know there are some businesses that are not doing well on a street that was historically a major you know place for business or for high end businesses. And you asked me if I could use some of my observations that I use from you know training in feng shui and other disciplines to be able to recognize. Uh, what was working and what was not. And I believe I had, I was a hundred percent accurate in terms of when I was pointing out who had good signage, who, you know, and issues around the door and the door placement and product display. I think when I said that I suspected that they would be good and that place wouldn't and so on and so forth. Uh, my recollection is that you said I was a hundred percent on simply by looking at, uh, you know, simple things like how clean is the place? Mm. Uh, how visible is the door? Uh, what's the lighting like around the sign? Is the sign clean or does it have, you know, um, is it still a little bit worn or dirty from the rain or the elements and so on? Uh, these are all things that communicate to us on a really subliminal level. Uh, you know, our eyes see more than what is the focus of our attention, right? There's looking and seeing. Uh, and we see more than what we just consciously look at. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I actually took a tour of Bloor Street with Mike Kehoe. He's the uh, uh, owner of Fairfield Commercial Real Estate. He's from Calgary. He was in Toronto visiting in September. And um, he was commenting, we went down again, the Mink Mile or Bloor Street West. And and his comment was, you know, this should be a retail Disneyland. I kind of coined that term here and there when I've given some talks. But... Uh, you know, he was saying, well, this should be a retail Disneyland and it's not. I mean, you know, like you were saying, the streets are, and it's not that it's it's absolutely deplorable. I mean, the beautiful granite sidewalks were, you know, installed years absolutely. ago in Bloor Street and, you know, it's fine, but, you know, there's, there's still dirt and, you know, the signs are still in some cases dirty, uh, you know, and it, it's not always such a welcoming experience, I think, that... Uh, we're seeing in retail. And I mean, that can translate into shopping centers. I don't think quite so much. I mean, a lot of our best shopping center landlords actually have some pretty great shopping centers in Canada. And a lot of them are actually very clean. I mean, that's sort of a difference. They're not outdoors. You know, if they're an indoor shopping center, they're going to probably, you know, be almost spotless, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. But then, you know, there is something where things can get too spotless and it can get clinical. And this can also translate into some elements of design. Um, I think I told you on another occasion that I went to a certain shopping mall once and I could just feel the stamp of somebody 
in a corporate office saying, well, let's put a plant there and let's put a sofa there. And the way it was done, you know, the plants were all out of proportion and the, you know, the vases were ugly and the sofas were ugly. And it just, it felt like it was only done there to meet a box on a checklist of what we should do to make an inviting space. And it wasn't actually done with any sense of aesthetic or proportion. So that felt more like, you know, it felt more like a laboratory. You know, I bet you think, you know, when you go to, you go to the beach or you go for a walk in the forest or you go to a, a calm, tranquil environment, you know, I think, you know, if, if, if they're not paying attention to that kind of thing, you get a very flat two-dimensional experience. And, you know, people might shop, but people might also in those environments think, well, why am I actually coming out here instead of staying home and clicking on a button when I wouldn't have to be in such a horrible space with bad music and bad lighting and all of these other factors. Oh, absolutely. And, and stores themselves. I mean, we took a tour and I'll, I'll name the store. We were at Saxeth Avenue in downtown Toronto and, um, mm. you know, they had these, uh, it was a bit crowded. We were on the, the women's floor, which is the third level. And uh, they had these mannequins firstly that had their hands out. It was this weird. I, I mean, I, it's hard to describe without actually doing the pose, but the, the yeah, women kind of had their, their heads pointing up in the air and they had their hands sort of back at their sides, but their hands were like pointed out in sort of a jagged way. And there were some tables that were actually not too far away from there. And you had said, well, watch these two women, how uncomfortable they're going to look. They're going to walk one in front of the other and try to avoid this. And you were right. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, and it, this was actually right near one of the entrances to the space. And there were too many of them. I think there were three or five um, statues in a row, you know, mannequins in a row. And it was just too wide. It narrowed down the space. But they also had, you know, for a high-end space, I remember what it is. They were wearing some sort of high-end chic kind of punk gear that had some metal studs on it. And, you know, when you go into a high-end space, you don't want to walk in and feel that you're going to be attacked. <laughs> but that's what it felt like. It felt like you were going to be accosted. And, you know, having three mannequins there walking towards you as soon as you come in, it felt like an attack. Rather than, you know, something that's actually guiding, you know, the flow is supposed to be drawing you into the space. And so these are subliminal messages that can get communicated by how a store is laid out. And, you know, there's what it is we intend. And, you know, people might have intended, oh, it's going to look chic. It's going to look this. It's going to look that. But they didn't take into account, you know, what's the actual dimension? How much are you limiting, you know, the walking, you know, the space to walk around and so on uh, that can put people off of wanting to actually be in that physical environment. That is so interesting. And um, one thing that I've noticed that I feel almost a little bit weird by even walking, say, in a shopping center, some stores will have, you know, a little sale sign that you can like move around like it's it's a portable sign, you know, yeah. 30% off of you know, whatever underwear or something like that. Um, placing them kind of right in the door, right, right in there. Like it almost makes me not want to walk in. And I, I don't even know why that is like, it's just this weird, uncomfortable feeling. If I walk in and if I walk out, I'm going to hit the sign. Um, what, tell me a little bit about that. Do you have any insight well, into that? Cause I, mean, I can't figure out why I feel well, that absolutely. way. I mean, this is the thing that, you know, presumably it's being put out there to attract people that, Hey, there's a sale on, or there's something I want here, but you know, quite often, you know, entrances really need to be clear. Not quite often. I mean, this is a reality. Entrances do need to be clear. And, you know, you want to create a kind of funnel effect where people are drawn in, but you also want to be able to inform them and point out something that's new or something that's there. But it can be really challenging to do that when, you know, people are walking on a sidewalk. You don't want to narrow down the sidewalk. People are actually going to be a little bit annoyed at your business if you're putting those folding signs that are narrowing down the sidewalk. But, uh, the, but these are some of the factors. Like what you're speaking to is the fact that, 
any place that's in business should really be minimizing any of those possible triggers. It should be really part of the conversation and part of the language and part of the understanding of uh, how spaces work and what draws people in uh, that, you know, can then help them, you know, help the customer to feel actually welcome rather than just a number or a sales target or, uh, you know, a, a body that comes in through the door. I think that there's a level of respect that we feel when uh, there aren't these uphill battles or these against the current kind of battles that we have when we want to go into a space. And let's talk a bit about the in-store experience as well, say with customer service. I mean, I, I, there's, you know, both ends of the spectrum, you know, there's a high end menswear store, I won't name a name, but you know, you, you go into the store and uh, you know, definitely, you know, the, the staff in the store will, you know, very much will latch on to, you know, they'll, I mean, and, and it's very polite, uh, you know, they'll, you know, would you like some assistance, whatnot. And uh, you know, often, often, obviously these shop people are uh, on, you know, commission in some cases, maybe hundred percent commission. And uh, you know, that's why they, they, they want to make a sale. Mm-hmm. Right. On the other hand, you go to a store like Zara, and I mean, this is in the press, I'll say the name, uh, uh, you know, Zara is known for not having, you know, overt customer service in terms of, you know, the staff will not bother you unless you ask them for help, yeah. in which case, hopefully they're nice. And I've actually had some good experiences, which is always nice, yeah. but, you know, they're, they're not going to come and hound you. They'll let you, you know, browse in peace. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark, I'm a little bit curious to uh, learn about, uh, you know, what do you think about the, the in-store experience? You know, it, we talked about restaurants earlier. Yeah. Uh, um, so I, I'm, it's something that I'm, I'm fascinated by because I think it speaks to when, a, when you know, certain businesses have certain policies, it speaks to the mindset of the overall organization and the company and so on, because you know, people are presumably doing what it is that their higher-ups have told them. Uh, I think a real experience is going to have a level of flow and fluidity and naturalness to it. And the challenge is, you know, when there are scripts that you have to follow and you have to say this and you have to, you know, greet every person in the same way who comes in the door when, you know, the reality is not everybody wants to be greeted and not everybody wants to be greeted in the same way. Uh, this can be a bit problematic because you can be turning people off right away. Now you can't note every single person's preference. And so this of course is challenging. And the reality is you can't please everybody all of the time, right? I don't know which famous person, but yeah, it is true. So Mm -hmm. um, it's something that interests me. And now I'll speak to a restaurant experience that I have a lot. There are certain, there's a, there are some chains in Vancouver where every single time you are paying and you're in the process that you have the machine and you're trying to figure out their tip, they will say, so do you have any plans for tonight? And my answer to that would be, it's really none of your business. I mean, this is real. Why are they asking that? You know, they're trying to do something that's friendly. But first of all, they're doing it at the time when I'm trying to do math. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out which button I'm going to push. And I know that they're doing it because they were told. Because every time I go back to those places, I get the same question. So here's the thing. If you're trying to create an experience, if you ask me the same question every time I go, I know that the experience is fake. And so then what is it that I think now, do they not expect people to go back regularly and to recognize that they're being asked the same question every single time? So what's, how are they running this? It's just cutting, you know, cook color by numbers, cookie cutter kind of service where this is what you say. And this is when you say it. And somebody, you know, in corporate decided that that's what you should do. Well, no, actually you really should not be asking people what their personal private plans are after they leave the restaurant. 
And it sounds so simple. I mean, you're talking about a human connection. It's it's fairly simplistic. I mean, you go into some stores. I mean, we're starting to see more of this technology being launched in stores. And on one hand, it's great when, you know, the payment process can be fairly seamless because it removes that, you know, friction point or, you know, that point of anxiety or that point of frustration of having to pay for things. But at the same time, you know, we're starting to see, uh, you know, more tech in stores. You know, you'll see 3D models. You'll see, you know, video screens. Like, you know, some of those video screens at Zara, I think they had to turn the lights down because they were so bright that, you know, they were you know, migraine inducing, but, um, you sort of just Mark, you sort of described almost like a human connection that's there at the time when a lot of retailers are saying, well, we need all this in-store tech. Uh, I'm curious to get your opinion on, you know, where's the balance? Uh, well, to be honest, anytime I go to shoppers drug mart and there's, I, I will line up rather than use the automatic checkout because I don't want to take away someone's job. Me too. <laughs> Oh, I do that. I would rather have the human connection and I would rather wait a little bit. You know, if I'm in a massive rush, then, you know, I'll force myself to do it. But nine times out of 10 or more, I will line up and wait and have an actual hello with a human being. And I would I would rather do that. Uh, So again, you know, retailers can say, you know, they can have very justifiable reasons for why it is that they're doing what it is that they're doing. And I'm sure they have some data to back it up. And, you know, in five years, different studies come out and say exactly the opposite thing. Just like, you know, we had the report this last year that, uh, you know, now the data shows that open office plans are actually an unmitigated failure and they're a disaster. And I could have told you that ages ago, even though there was the data saying exactly the opposite. And you just brought up something really interesting. I mean, I'm not going to straight out bash, you know, Canadian companies in any way here, but, uh, you know, I, I know that even compared to, you know, retailers and other businesses in the United States, uh, there was a bit of a conservative nature in Canada where some companies, for example, they don't want to put out the money for consultants or experts or someone in certain areas. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll mm-hmm. think they know what they're doing and they'll move forward with that strategy when there may actually be better ideas out there. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not just trying to, you know, plug consultants in general, hire us, hire us. I mean, I'm not, I don't have time to be a consultant, but you know, personally <laughs> myself, but um, I find that there are experts out there that just, you know, they think differently and, you know, they, they have this insight like yourself that, you know, are, are, are different and are probably extremely relevant. And I know that, you know, I've learned a lot. I mean, I, by no means when I started Retail Insider, was I an expert and almost anything in retail. I knew stuff about real estate and brands and that was about it. And, um, you know, I, I'm learning myself, but, you know, talking to people who are experts and, you know, have lateral thinking skills and whatever else, you know, they bring to the table, I think are quite phenomenal. And, and, you know, I think that, you know, in Canada, we've, we haven't really been so aggressive in, uh, uh, you know, how we, we turn to say experts or, or those that are able to assist in, in that respect, whether or not it's say, you know, someone who's doing recruiting for a company in terms of, you know, jobs or, you know, someone that's going to know about the flow of the business or, you know, there's just so many different elements to business that, uh, you know, I think, you know, businesses have to be a bit open-minded. Mm-hmm. And I would say thank you so much, Mark Ainley from Sense of Space uh, being our guest today on this podcast. It's been really, really interesting. We've talked about, uh, uh, you know, the retail experience, how uh, retail flows or in some cases does doesn't, uh, you know, the customer service experience, how it can actually be really, really simple and uh, be really, really impactful at the same time. So uh, I found this really interesting. Mark and I walked around a few cities and uh, like, you know, looked at different retail. I've learned a lot and it's a lot of really useful stuff. I feel extremely uh, educated having uh, spent time with Mark uh, talking about these different things here as well. So definitely visit uh, Mark's website, senseofspace.com or also I see markainley.com here as well. Um, so definitely, uh, check him out. And I want to say thank you again, Mark. And thank you for everyone for listening to today's podcast. Thanks for having me on the show, Craig. Always a pleasure to speak with you. (laughs) Thank you, Mark.